0: Welcome to Leviton Contractor Connect. The content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. The opinions expressed by the guests do not necessarily represent the views or opinion of Leviton. Leviton does not make any representations or warranties with respect to the accuracy or applicability of the information. Hi, welcome to Leviton's Contract to Connect podcast series. My name is Tom Degden. I'm the Contractor Channel Manager at Leviton Manufacturing. It's my pleasure to welcome John Kanjemi to the podcast. John is a retired UL engineer, and while at UL, John worked in several capacities, among them field product performance, codes and standards, and regulatory authority. John has also held the title of President of the New York City IAEI Chapter, Of course, IAEI stands for International Association of Electrical Inspectors. John obviously has a strong electrical background and vast electrical knowledge. The purpose of today's podcast is to better understand how UL standards impact manufacturers and, in turn, electrical contractors. So welcome to the podcast, John. Hi, Tom.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Just as some background, can you give us a quick overview of your past work at UL, your experience with IAEI, and anything else about yourself and your professional life that you would like to share with the audience?
1: Well, Tom, okay, I've served in many capacities as far as, okay, uh, UL went, and uh, to a great deal I was dealing with the outside world. Okay, I was involved in manufacturing, product testing, okay, uh, a lot of liaison work with the outside concerned parties Okay, and also, okay, I've been a member of the National Electrical Code uh, development process. Terrific,
0: terrific. And just building on that uh, background, uh, get some background questions out of the way, uh, and then we'll get to the meat of our conversation, um, which is how, how UL impacts electrical contractors. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So, John, what does the UL acronym stand for? And perhaps give us a brief history of how it came about.
1: Well, D.U.L. stands for uh, Underwriters Laboratories, okay, uh, and Underwriters Laboratories probably started as a result of a uh, large fire that there was in an 1893 Chicago World Fair, okay. Uh, during that time, okay, at the Columbia the Exhibition, of which was supposed to be uh, representative of what was happening in the electrical industry, okay, there was a large fire in that area. Okay, so in 1894, The the insurance industry, okay, uh, supported a William Merrill, which was the founder of UL, okay, to investigate and test for the uh, cause of any losses that they may have had. Okay, uh, after 35 years of serving in that capacity, uh, UL rose as an independent, okay, not-for-profit organization.
0: Hmm, Terrific. So today, I think everybody is familiar with UL. Is UL the only game in town, or are there alternative, you know, competitors? And uh, while we're on it, uh, perhaps explain what a NRTL is.
1: Sure. Okay. Uh, Yeah, Tom, it it ends up that obviously I'm going to be biased, okay? Uh, And uh, the NRTL program, which is a nationally recognized testing laboratories, okay, uh, program, okay, is run by OSHA. Okay, they take on that responsibility. Uh, So uh, there are many competitors that are out there, okay, uh, both their names and their restrictions as to what they can cover as an NRTL uh, is out there can be found on OSHA.org.
0: Very good. And of course, UL is the big one. That's what everybody thinks of. Typically, everybody's familiar with the UL mark. So with my background in electrical and electronic products, I've always thought that anything with an electrical plug requires UL certification. Uh, What types of products carry the UL mark, quartered or non-quartered or both? Uh,
1: From the electrical standpoint, okay, Tom, they can be just about anything. I mean, it could be uh, wiring devices all the way up to uh, x-ray machines.
0: Very good. And why would a manufacturer want to gain UL certification for their products?
1: Well, there's obviously going to be the public safety aspect, okay, the moral issue, uh, that the people may want that. Uh, but from the, okay, independent and liability uh, situation that we're going to have both financially and morally, uh, the manufacturer would want that second look, okay? It would be something where Someone has established minimum standards, okay, that have to be met in order for everybody to get that warm and fuzzy feeling. Very good.
0: Also, from uh, working for Leviton, of course, uh, from a liability standpoint, we want to show that we've done some due diligence and tested with a nationally recognized te- testing lab, like uh, you will, to make sure that our product is safe before it hits the streets. So, okay, so. What does UL testing consist of? I mean, you guys sit around and think of ways to torture test products all day until they fail. What what exactly happens over there behind the UL doors?
1: Well, as far as what the requirements themselves would be, uh, we're going to say we sort of sit around every day, but we have to look at what would be a reasonable and foreseeable safety risk that we want to address. Very good. I didn't mean
0: to imply that you guys. Oh no, no 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 not Did torture testing? You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a fun job. Uh, my uh, it, it can be okay. Obviously, you can get rid of a lot of stress by <laughs> watching something okay uh, be humiliated.
0: <laughs> so let's get to where uh, the, the meat of this conversation, and, and that's how UL impacts the electrical contractor. How does UL interact with the NEC, the National Electrical Code? Does UL assist in writing any of the code articles?
1: and the answer is yes okay uh, presently there's about 18 uh, national electrical C- code okay code making panels uh ul has representatives on every one of those panels okay uh, and they're involved in developing and writing on all of the code making panels um i was on the code making panels okay since the 1999 edition of the uh, national electrical code yeah.
0: Very good. Now, what about the responsibility of electrical contractor himself? When installing electrical products, do or should contractors have to check for certification from a nationally recognized testing lab, NRTL? Well,
1: I could say that sometimes, okay? Uh, Because although the code does not specify specific requirements, okay, uh, when listing is required, okay, there is no blanket requirement for listing. All right. Now, Let's go the other way, though. Uh, installation shall be approved. Okay. And when you look at that, the code definition of approved means that it's acceptable to the authority having jurisdiction. The inspector. The authority having jurisdiction, not having all of the test facilities and everything mm-hmm. at his disposal, obviously, you know, relies a, a lot on the listing of a product.
0: Very good. And, and kind of to build on that last question, John, what about counterfeit products? I've heard about unscrupulous companies counterfeiting the UL mark. How, how big a
1: problem is this for UL, contractors, and the general public? It is a concern, okay? Uh, and uh, I've got to say so much so that UL developed an anti-counterfeiting group which partners with the United States co- uh, Customs Department. Okay. Remember, they still counterfeit $20 bills, Okay. Counterfeit products usually are low cost items. However, we found that some higher cost items, such as circuit breakers, ground fault circuit interrupters, uh, and, and, and other things such as that, okay, uh, are being counterfeited. And some are virtually exact duplicates externally. Mm. So one means of protection is purchased only from a trusted source. Good, good point. And, and just, you know, prices are going up everywhere from food to
0: gas and everything in between. So electrical products are no exception and it can be tempting to buy a less expensive product. You mentioned GFCI and all of it. We've experienced some issues with that as well, counterfeiting.
1: What is the risk for those who might be tempted? Well, one of the ways to try and uh, mitigate that is going to be if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. The risk that you have in dealing with an unknown quantity, uh, okay, which has not been subjected to credible scrutiny, can be Quite a bit, okay, because what it can do is not only are you not getting what you paid for, okay, what you thought you paid for, okay, what you're going to have is a lot of liability, okay, for being the one that installed that particular product. Mm.
0: So what can contractors do to ensure that they're getting genuine UL certified products from a reputable manufacturer?
1: Okay, I guess one of the first things that you want to look at is going to be, does it actually carry the UL mark, Okay, so uh, it is a registered trademark. Okay, so it's going to be something where, okay, UL has a definite interest in protecting that mark. Okay, so the UL mark in itself should be right on the product, if need be on the smallest packaging. Okay, uh, and it's going to contain at least four elements. Okay, first of all, it's going to have the reference to underwriters' laboratories. The uh, second thing is going to have to have some sort of identification of the manufacturer. Okay, and that may be in code of some sort, but obviously it's going to be something that's traceable. Okay? And in addition to that, it's going to have to have the uh, product identification okay, of the category. You know, If it's going to be a refrigerator, it would have to have something such as that. If it's going to be uh, something that was uh, personal or grooming, okay, that's what it would actually say something to that effect.
0: Very good. And and from a manufacturer's standpoint, you know, I guess where you're buying the product from, you know, if you're buying from a reputable supply house or retail location that we're all familiar with, you're probably safe and good shape. Whereas if you're buying from some online unknown entity, you know, you could be taking a chance. And, and as you pointed out before, John, if it's too good to be true, it usually is. If it's a uh, um, you know, very
1: inexpensive, um, then chances, uh, there could be a good chance that this is a counterfeit product. Exactly. Okay. Know your supplier. That I, I would really say that because somebody had to do a little bit of homework into the legitimacy of the product. Very good. So it, that's a lot of the meaty questions I wanted to ask you, John. Let, let's let's uh,
0: <laughs> move off the, the serious here for a second, or not not, not to say we're not going to be serious
1: here, but what is the craziest thing you ever saw submitted for UL certification? Well, I, I guess there was one that what really caught my attention, and which I thought was uh, unusual, was an electric toilet seat. Now, why would I need an electric toilet seat? Okay, uh, if you're a hunter and you're going to be out in the woods, uh, sometimes, okay, that would certainly be something that you want. But oddly enough, this week, okay, Japan, the government of Japan, okay, uh, their energy uh, directive that they released showed that they told the population to actually turn them off. So there is a use for it. Maybe it's not that crazy. (laughs) But what seems strange to one may not be to somebody else. Last question, John. Uh, where can our audience go for more information? And do you have any closing thoughts that you would like to share with the audience? Well, I guess the first thing would be, okay. www.ul.com okay, for services, products, okay uh, sourcing and certification information. Uh, there's a database that would be available on that. Okay, uh, So that, that would probably be the best bet uh, you can try getting them on the telephone, even though there's a lot of reliance lately on the uh, Internet in order to be able to speak with somebody or, or at least communicate with somebody. Uh, I, unfortunately, have been out of the, uh, you know, I retired about five years ago. So uh, some of my information may not be perfect, but uh, that, that's what we would go for. Cool. I, I want to say that costs come in many forms. Okay. Listing of a product means that the product can be installed and if properly installed, result in a code compliant installation. So having it rejected would be one, okay, of the cost. Uh, How costly is it? Not to have your product installation approved is obviously going to be worse, uh, bad, but uh, it could be worse, okay, especially if you're going to end up with a failure which results in loss of life and or property.
0: That's the most serious uh, consequence, or perhaps even a failed inspection, right, John?
1: Yeah. I, I, exactly, yeah.
0: And speaking of failed inspections, I just want to point out to the audience that uh, we're going to be uh, having an electrical specter on a future podcast. So look for that uh, where you
1: get your podcast. So this concludes today's podcast, and I wish to thank John for joining us. Thank you, John. And I thank you very much, Tom Okay, uh, We appreciate having me uh, join you guys. And thanks
0: to the audience for logging in. Our podcasts are structured as a quick listen for our audience. We invite you to look for and listen to other podcasts archived at leviton.com slash Podcast. So goodbye for now and see you soon. Leviton Contractor Connect is the online hub for busy electricians. Find installation videos, trainings, Leviton product information, podcasts, and more. Make Leviton Contractor Connect your new must-have tool and stay ahead of the competition today at leviton.com slash contractor connect. Attention electrical professionals. Join the Leviton Pro Rewards Program to start earning rewards for your smart product enrollment. Sign up today and receive 100 free bonus points. Visit mylevitoncom pro to get started.